Yeah, see, the thing that was crazy about that, how they were, like, locking everybody up for smoking butt, um, basically, there was more to that than what people realized. All that was, was Julian, because if you don't, if you can remember, you know, this all was happening in the 90s, you know, so you gotta remember, in the 80s, you know, the crack epidemic was huge, you know what I'm saying? Like, the crack epidemic was big, and so because of that, there was a lot of murders and a lot of crime and all of that rolling right into the 80, into the 90s. And so Giuliani, being a mayor at that time, figured, all right, all of these crimes that were happening that were going unsolved, they didn't have any evidence, you know, you know, and then we're coming into the DNA era, you know what I'm saying? Also where they're being able to, you know, use blood to spot people up with, right? And so Giuliani basically said, yo, how do we find out who's who's who? Okay. And that's when he came up with the quality of life law rule, which was basically zero tolerance. Lock them up for anything. If you stand, remember, you used to just, if you had to piss, you just go around the corner. You're taking a piss, a cop passed you by, you just see you taking a piss, you in the cut, taking a piss, you know what I'm saying? When Giuliani invoked that law, it was like, okay, now if you get caught taking a piss outside, you're going to jail. Fuck a ticket, fuck, you know what I'm saying? You're going to jail. You don't got ID, you're going to jail. You get caught with a bag of smoke, you go to jail. You hop the train, you go to jail. You're right on a wall, you go to jail. You get caught hanging out in someone's building, loitering, you go to jail. Why? Because once they get you in the system, they got fingerprints, DNA, whatever they can get from you that cannot help identify you. It was basically just a means of getting everybody on file. That's all that was about. It had nothing to do with, like, anybody making money off of it. It was all basically to keep us all on file, man. And it worked. Trust me. <laughs> Please. Yo, Lewis, I'll pay. I swear. I swear to God. I got commissary coming in. You know I'm good for it. Miguel, you ain't good for dog shit, my nigga. But don't worry. The Nietas at Lincoln Correctional Facility send their kind regards. They stabbed him in the gut and upper torso seven times. His body fell limp to the ground. My name is Aries Holton, inmate number 99R1445, cell block C74. Current resident of the Rikers Island Correctional Facility. I don't belong here, yo. But I guess I might as well tell you where I am and how I got here. The Rikers Island facility complex is a system of 10 jails. It is able to hold 15,000 prisoners, but oftentimes it is overloaded with nearly double the amount. Mostly, this is a short stay for violent offenders in New York City who cannot afford bail. Rikers Island has a budget of over $900 million a year. It has a staff of over 9,000 officers in addition to 1,500 civilians. It manages over 100,000 inmate emissions a year with an average daily population of 10,000 inmates. Rikers Island is notorious. Excerpt from the New York Post. March 6, 2017. I spent a year at Rikers Island, 
and it's hell on earth. Rikers Island has gotten so dangerous that some inmates are accepting unfavorable plea deals just to get out. Even if it means they land at notorious prisons such as Sing Sing or Attica, sources told the Post. Rikers Island is the most wretched place on God's earth, said Altura St. Michael Ewers, who in 2014 spent a year at the jail, where a brutal attack by a fellow inmate left him blind in one eye, with seizures and an inability to control his bowels. Ewers, 46, had been facing up to four years behind bars for alleged grand larceny and money laundering as part of a PAL's scheme. He initially planned to take his chances at trial, but a year later, agreed to a plea deal. He had a great defense. I, I really, I just don't know what happened. Insisted his lawyer, Carmen Giordano. He was a third-party investor who provided capital and received due returns. He committed no crime and was not aware of any wrongdoing whatsoever. Still, the white-collar criminal agreed to serve time in an upstate prison because he feared for his life, according to a federal lawsuit he filed over his injuries. I'd much rather suffer than do something against what I thought was right. But there just came a point when they broke me. Ewers acknowledged that he was scared about which prison he would be sent to. He ended up at the medium security Woodbourne Correctional Facility in Sullivan County, where he served less than a year behind bars. Woodbourne? It felt like a Buddhist retreat compared to Rikers. I didn't see one fight the whole time I was there. Mom's always told me to stay out them streets. But she couldn't control me, you know. I'm 6'2", 220 pounds. Who trying to stop me? My mom used to smack fire out my ass right in front of Roland. It was either that or threatening me with my pop's June. But after a while, you build up a tolerance. And by 14, I was towering over the both of them. And my mom's was... Big and tall. June, I mean, he was good and all. He played the part. Took me on father and son excursions. When I got locked up the first time, sent me commissary to keep my head up. But he wasn't there. I mean, he was dead, but he wasn't. I wasn't his seed, but he was, you know, he was good. But a nigga knew between telling me to do shit and advising me to do shit. Know what I'm saying? By 16, I was roaming the streets. I dropped out of school over there on Fordham Road in the Bronx, Roosevelt High School. Shit. School wasn't no different from the streets. Niggas had metal detectors before you even stepped foot on the premises. So then I just started hanging out on the block. And before you know it, my girl got pregnant. I was jobless with no skills. I wasn't trying to work for no Korean selling sneakers for less than $5 an hour. So I just started hustling. At first it was Bud, but the fiends weren't trying to cop that. When Mike the Dealer gave me my first G-Pack, I grabbed a corner on Loring Place and West 183rd Street. I gotta admit, I wasn't even ready 
I was selling $60 eight balls and 10 to $20 crack rocks. I sold out and made three grand in eight hours. So what fool trying to get a nine to five? Dudes risk their life and freedom selling crack for a reason. It's the most fertile business on the planet. You can place your product on any price point and fiends will buy it. Look at it like this. In a prostitution game, if the price of getting your rocks off is too high, you can go back to your crib and just jack off. But for crack cocaine, ain't no cure but intervention. And fiends tried selling me their kids for a couple of grams. Like, what am I going to do with your kid? The first thing crack does is eat away at your common sense. You don't need bullets in the Middle East. All you need is a steady pipeline of crack cocaine. If the government sanctioned that shit, your average corner boy can take down a city. Just look at the South Bronx. The first time I was here, I was doing a three to six on possession. They made me do the whole six. And, you know, when I say six, I mean six months. Giuliani ain't playing out here with this quality of life bullshit. After I did my bid, I got put on work release and parole. It didn't take me too long to get right back up in here. So, anyway, here I am, my second stint at Rikers, caught on an observational cell. An observational cell is when they send an undercover narc to initiate a buy. Usually I could sniff them out. That's why I don't sell to no white folks. What white folks doing way down here in these parts? But then they started getting smarter, and I had so many customers. I mean, it was impossible to screen everybody out. Suffice to say, I got caught again. I should have listened to my mama. But I never really did listen to her, I suppose. She ain't never came to see me. I'm not mad, though. I made my bed, and now I'm lying in it. Literally. As I lay here just thinking about this shit. I'm here and now Roland is uh, going off to college. If I had the same choice, I'd do it all over again. I was an entrepreneur, yo. Ain't nobody telling me nothing. I was no worse than a pharmaceutical company. These days, dudes is getting locked up and demonized for smoking weed. Ridiculous. Now I'm locked up for five years. Three, if I got good behavior. Miguel made it to the infirmary in time. They cut him deep. He lost his spleen. I still smell the musty metallic blood throughout the hallways. Damn, Roland. I'm so sorry.
Bang. Yeah. Yeah. Flag. Yo, this is Randy Flag. I'm not buying you a fanny bag. Nope, let me brag, I'm broke. Every stroke, hard dick and bubble gum. All you get is bubble yum. 50 cents on troublesome. I beat all the bosses while you stuck on level one. But there is one conundrum. Randy Flag is the devil, son. Randy Flag is the devil, son. Beelzebub, you don't believe me? Ask a white man how he sees me. Or a Christian or an Asian. Blackness, it ain't easy. I accept it so you see me. Only when you cannot see me. So you blind but wanna be me. Shake your booty at the TV. But no booty so it's easy to act greasy when you see me. But you don't, I'm invisible like Ellison. I think I'm irrelevant. Peanuts to an elephant. I've been learning some element. Tree. Gordon Parks don't got nothing on me. I'm the flag, man. Yo, this is very easy. No, I ain't seen you, bro. She ain't not seen you, man. They don't know. You better ask somebody. Mega Man.